I'm a big believer in more nature than nurture. I think if mm-hmm. you do that well, you can have better kids or more successful kids. I know I got my kids into competitive sports early on. Welcome to the Business of Parenting podcast. Tune in as we discuss the principles of successful parenting as a business professional. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of BOP, the Business of Parenting podcast, where I get to talk about anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to parenting, and if you don't like it, you can turn it off. No, just kidding, don't turn it off. Um, but I have an amazing guest with me today. I have the infamous, the one and only, Randy. Randy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, geez, that's quite an intro. <laughs> It's the one things. and only. One. Yeah, well, you're, come on, Randy. You're the one and only. You know. Thanks, you are. thanks for thanks for doing this today. I'm glad we're able to connect, especially on this topic, because it's it's one of great importance to me. Um, it is a fun topic, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the correlation between you know parenting and and uh, being a leader in the business is also fascinating as well. So well, yeah. Well, thanks. We have to take that kind of mindset, and you know, I look. I I'd be the first one to admit I am not an expert. One hundred percent. If if I am if I am an expert, I'm am an expert about doing shit wrong. Um, but at least I'm self aware to learn from those mistakes and then try not to better those. But I think that's what it is, man. We're just get, we're, you know we get to do these podcasts. We get to just have some open, authentic conversations. And I just think there's a lot of correlation between the way we do operate business and and the business of being a parent. It's it's hard. It's not always easy. It's hard, for sure. <laughs> so let's kick off this podcast then with a little origin story. So Randy, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and just kind of how your family is structured. Sure. Well, thanks. I won't be as uh, as lengthy as the last time we did this. <laughs> I think I did this long intro and gave you my life's bio. It was great. So, no, I've been in the business for about 30 years and uh, grown up in it. My dad worked for General Motors. He got me into the business. I went to the automotive business school. And I've worked for a series of software and aftermarket companies throughout my career up to where I am now, currently with Car Media 2.0 as a VP of business development and strategic partnerships. So I oversee you know, the sales direct to dealer. I have a team that sells direct to dealers. And I also individually manage and develop relationships at the OEM level and, and other partnerships. So that's where I am today with Car Media, and it's it's going really well as a company. We're we're going through some really great times, even though the industry is suffering. Uh, I can tell you that we're managing to grow through that, which I think is, you know, admirable for a company of, of our kind that relies on dealers to have inventory of cars. Growth during adversity is always a big thing, and you know I I, I you know I was talking about this subject actually with somebody else the other day. Is is what could the kind of the similarities you know i feel like growing through adversity is literally parody <laughs> and it's core, yeah, yeah. right so tell us tell us a little bit about about your kids and your family structure yeah. well thanks yeah so I, i've got an interesting kind of dynamic if you will uh, my partner christine and i've been together for about seven years um we each have our own children she has uh two kids in their 20s early 20s that are uh uh, working in one's, li- one's living in London, England, and one's living in Toronto. Uh, I have two girls of my own. They are 17 and 14. That's Marley and Hayden. <laughs> I say 14, she's turning 14 in a week, so almost. So those I have the I have two girls that I love very dearly and uh, and love talking about. So this should be fun. This this is this is going to be a, a lot of fun, and, and we got some cool topics, right? And you know, I, this first topic. Um, I mean, I was thinking the last 24 months, right? Like there were definitely key clients that became 
very important for my business. And I'm, I'm sure you probably had kind of had the same thing, right? There's, you know, we talked about, it, right? There's, there's this monster inventory shortage, right? So there were a lot of reasons for people not to do business with us, but then we just had these very, very key, key clients that just, they're like, no, they stayed committed, you know, to us as a business. And, you know, when I think about, you know, the last 24 months, you know, spending a lot of time with my kids, you know, um, you know, I, I, I've kind of adopted this treating, you know, treating my kids kind of as my number one client. And we were talking a little about this before we got recording. And you know, I thought you had some really cool kind of takes on that. Yeah, well, I, I kind of look at through the lens of the most important clients are my children. Like mm-hmm. they, they literally are the number one important to think in my life. Um, and, and I put them first and, and by doing so everything else kind of falls behind that. And, and it could be, you know, it even could be work as an example, I'm, I'm probably spending a lot less time in front of clients, um, mm-hmm. working a lot, obviously from home and have been doing so now for, for the last almost two years. Um, but it does afford me an opportunity to spend more time with my children. And I love that. And it's, it's a great opportunity for me to prove that I can do both well. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm with you. I think, you know, what I, what I kind of saw over the last 24 months was is how, how much intentional time I had to spend, you know, uh, with my number one client, my kids, you know? And I think that's, I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned about, you know, about putting my kids kind of first, right? But then also the cool thing, it was, it was, it was how deep that connection could be if I was very intentional with that time. It's one thing just to, you know, take a meeting, right? Hey, we're going to go spend an hour together, right? Yeah. Will you watch TV? Uh, You know, go for a drive? You know, like, it's like intentional connection. You know, I feel like, you know, it could maybe an hour, but it's probably worth six. And, you know, I saw that kind of same correlation, you know, during you know, during, during the pandemic where I wasn't traveling out to go see business clients, I had to connect with them, like how we're doing it right here, right. which meant that like, we kind of bypassed a lot of that, just kind of that BS type stuff. And it was like, no, our time, we got 30 minutes. We're going to be incredibly intentional with it. We're going to cover this, this, and this, and this. And when I started implementing that with, this, with my kids, man, it changed things in a big way. I'd love to get your, your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, sure. I, I agree with you. I think scheduling time with your kids is, is incredibly important and making sure that the time you do spend is valuable. I know I'm, I'm probably equally as guilty as most parents of having my phone in front of me all day long, mm-hmm. uh, yes. thinking about work. Yeah. But what I try to do with my kids is say like, let's, let's do a non phone period of time, right? Let's, <laughs> let's just do something together. Whether that's, we go for a walk, we take our dog, we have a puppy that's 11 months old. That's become a big part of our lives. Um, so we do that together and we walk down to the lake. We're in Oakville, so we're walk down to the waterfront. It's a really nice walk. Yes. Or we take them to the dog park, which is also a, quite an experience as well. Um, but that's, that's kind of scheduled time that we like to do. And I can do that because of the fact that I have a fairly flexible schedule, right? I can, I can do that jet out from three to four in the afternoon if I want to, mm-hmm. to make that happen in and around scheduled calls like the one I have with you today. Well, you know what? It's funny that you bring up a dog because, you know, we got a dog, a pandemic dog, like I think like a lot of people did, like right? Um, but there is something that I did that I didn't know going into it that did kind of turn into a side effect like that was, you know, uh, you they have to be walked. And, you know, it, when, when, you, yeah. when you make it a, a team effort and you're able to take the family out, you know, 
You can't stare at your phone and walk a dog. I'm going to tell you that straight up. It is practically right. impossible to do that. It's like you really have to be. So you're right. It's a great time to have no devices. But, you know, I, I think in, in like this is an incredibly busy world, right? And it's like we're, we're in a society of headline readers and, and, and instant gratification. And, and that's tough. So one of the things, I, similar to kind of you, you taking the dogs out to walk and having that defined no tech time, you know, I've been trying and I haven't been great at it, but I've been definitely trying to do better at it, is when we go out to eat. You know, I don't know about you, but I was at a restaurant the other day and, and Randy, I swear, all right, 60% of the people there and probably even more of the kids were just staring at a device. Have you seen the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. And you know what? I think we try to do that as well when we go for dinner. In fact, we're going to go for dinner tonight. So I'm going to make sure that we, nice. we follow that policy tonight. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those guys that you look around the table and see everyone staring at their phone, right? So I think that that's important. Um, but it's also important for couples, right? Not just about yes. being a parent. But yes. like when you go as a couple, I see people staring at their phones. And I'm thinking to myself, you're in a relationship. Why aren't you talking to one another? Why, why aren't you talking about, you know, what's interesting that happened that day as opposed to staring at your phone? So the phones, the phone has probably been one of the worst devices ever created, uh, the smartphone. At the same time, it allows us a lot more flexibility in our, in our, in our work world. So there's, I guess, blessings to go with that curse. You know what I found a little hack, and I tell a lot of people this, is um, I use the scheduler function a lot on my phone. Um, and the cool thing, you know, kind of like, like when we scheduled like today's meeting, the call that we had, right? My phone reminded me that the call was coming up and it auto went into do not disturb mode right? so that I don't get notifications or phone calls or text messages while we're having our chat. Because otherwise, if I did do that, but you have to turn that function on. You do. And, yeah. and so, so I'll do that during like kids playtime between six and eight o'clock. And my team hates it. They know it though. Uh, they hate it, but they know between six and eight. I receive no text messages. I receive no phone calls. Now, of course, after eight o'clock, the do not disturb comes like it's done. It's like, ding, 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 <laughs> like, Yeah, I have to pop back in, right? Uh, but that's also great. I think when I go out to eat for restaurants, I, it's the do not, I just can't use it, you know? And it's, it, but it's, but to your point, like it's, it's being intentional with your time and scheduling it, scheduling it out that way. Um, I actually try now to, um, because my kids, like, you know, kids today, they have to be entertained, right? You know, so it's like, I know there's, like, my kids are younger than yours, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, we know there are certain restaurants we go to because they have crayons in a coloring book. And they're going to be entertained, right? Or yeah. my wife will, will try to keep a, a deck of cards in her purse just in case they don't. And, you know, my, my boys, my two young, my boys are seven and eight. They love playing the game of war. And what an easy game to play slap down cards like but it's it's yeah. intentional right um I'll, you know i did want to change well change, let's change subject a little bit because we were talking a little bit about this earlier is kind of that that balance balance parenting right you know it's balancing between parenting and friendship and you, you, your your kids are a bit older and i and a lot of people i talk to that have older kids this it gets tough because there's a place where you connect at a different level it's not just a child and parent relationship you can actually connect at a friendship level and i'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on how we balance that out yeah i, I, I we talked about that before our call and i think that you know having a 17 year old who's basically almost an adult a year away from going to university 
you have a very different conversation with that child than you do with like a six-year-old and eight-year-old. Um, and it's hard to balance the two. And I always said that my most important job is parenting, number one, but making sure that I, I act as a parent and not as a friend. Yes. And I think a lot of parents fall in that trap of becoming friends with their children, and then they don't know how to discipline, and they don't know how to coach them. They don't know how to help them deal with um, adversity. And there's a lot of adversity out there, especially social media and the impact it's having on kids is really con- disconcerting to me. Yes. Because um, girls can be really mean to one another. Um, and uh, I know boys can too, but it's usually physical with boys. Yes, it's <laughs> um, true. But, but with girls, yeah. So I kind of prioritize that with, with my children as I would try to make remind them, you know, my job is your parent, not here to be your best friend. Um, it's great that we get along. It's great that we have fun together. But the priority, of course, is making sure that we develop you, you girls into great functional adults when the time comes. Right. And then it's funny how fast time flies. My my sister just sent me a picture of her daughter who just turned 22. And I'm like, oh, my God, I remember when she was born. I remember being at that, going to the hospital, seeing her when she was a baby. And now she's 22 year old, you know, grown up. Right. So it flies by really fast. So the only advice I can give to other parents is. You know, coach while you can, develop while you can, because once they get past about, I would say even past 16, you're done because their influence is now their social their social group, right? Their friends, those are the people that influence their day to day and their actions and their behaviors. So if you if you start setting the pins in place early on, then if all goes well, knock on wood, yes, kids <laughs> will grow up into good people and, and uh, contribute to society. You know what? You're 100% right. There are definitely times um, where um, we have to make a shift, right? Like it's a kind of a fundamental shift, you know, between between being a friend and being a parent. I think it's important to be friends. And I think and I'm thinking this like from a business perspective, right? This happens a lot in business, too. Yeah, 100%. I I find there's in business, I always try to have a bit of an arm's length relationship with people I work with. Because I don't want to be so close that I could never coach or, or help them develop or, God forbid, have to terminate someone's employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never want to have someone that's too close to me in that way. So I do keep it a bit of an arm's length. Not that I, I certainly get to know my team. I love working with the people I work with. Um, but I also think there's a bit of a balancing act you have to. You have to walk. Because you still, to your point, you have to be the coach. You have to train. You still have to develop, you know. And and yes, I think as they get older, your chances of doing so just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? But I was just still thinking like, <clears throat> I was telling you, I just got back from Napa Valley, California. I was at the, the DMSC uh, conference with Glenn and Brian Pash. Right. And, you know, my, my father just happened to be working and doing a job in San Jose the same time I was out there. And he's like, can I come up for a few hours? I'm like, yeah, 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 come, come up. You know, and it's just, Hey, see, we don't, because we live so far apart, we only maybe connect a couple times a year. Right. And, Mm. you know, and he comes up and it's just like, you know, we had dinner with a bunch of other clients. It was fun. And then of course, afterwards he's like, can we get a drink? And then it was like full on coach and parenting mode. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about business and let's talk about, you know, it was just like, but it was okay. Right. But those opportunities are smaller and smaller and smaller. You sure. do. You, you have to kind of keep that arm's length. And I don't want it, that to sound like a negative thing because I don't think it's a negative thing. It's just really something that it. you have to do so you can balance, so you can still be coach and and parent and still be friend at the same time. Um, 
Yeah, as you get older, the coaching model changes a little bit too. Exactly. It's sort of like the coaches in the NBA, if you look at that. Um, these are all guys that know the sport super well. They're all star athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So the coaching conversation of someone of that caliber um, is similar to as your kids get older. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's more of a friendly conversation, but as a reminder of what things that you should do uh, to stick to the fundamentals in life. And I think that's a that's probably the best way I would describe it when your kids are are, are getting older versus when they're younger, you literally can just tell them what to do. <laughs> but you can. You can just tell them what to do. And 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 honestly, I kind of think, you know, <laughs> even the people we hire sometimes, all right, there's a transition. You know, I well, when you get a new hire, it's just gonna it's gonna tell you what to do. You know, but but through coaching and developing, you're gonna get to a phase where you're gonna be able to make decisions on your own. All right. Sure. And then you're going to eventually come back to me just for, you know, hey, boss, you know, I, I had this customer. I feel like we, I did this right and I did this right. And it just for some reason, something happened in the end and they just we didn't connect, you know. And, and so so yeah. but that's it's the same kind of model. Um, but I feel like sometimes as parents, maybe we try to hold on to one element a little bit more than the other. And yeah. it's, knowing that it's an evolution, it changes. Right. Well, I think, I think when you hire younger staff, it is more about the fundamentals, teaching them what they need to, to know how to do. And I'm lucky. I have two seasoned professionals that I work with that are close to my age um, and um, know what they need to do day to day. So I kind of let, I kind of say to them, like, what do you need from me? You know, mm-hmm. what can I do? What can I do to help you grow your business? What can I do to help you deal with objection handling and things that are making it hard for you to sell? Um and, and that's easier, you know, it's a lot easier than the fundamentals of, of, of coaching. But do, I mean, don't you think the ultimate goal, though, as a parent is to get to that place? Well, where, I, where it's I, like I, I can go to my kids and say, hey, look, what do you need from me right now? Yeah. You know, yeah. where, 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 what role can I play for you at this given moment? And I, I feel like we, we never, that's a tough place to get to. I know only a handful of people to that have gone to that place with their kids. I kind of feel like I, my, my, me and my father are kind of close to that where he's kind of like, well, what do you need? Like, do, is it the pat on the back? Is it the, you need me to go deal with this? Do you want me to come up and help watch? You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the right evolution. Is it not? Well, I know in my dynamic with my dad, he has always been a huge advocate for me. You know, he's a great pep talks, always super positive. And that's always kind of what I need because I'm, I'm kind of an individual contributor, right? So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of that praise uh, from the team that I work with, nor do I necessarily need it from them. Um, but coming from your parent, it's a different, it's a different thing, right? It's, it it's also, it can be very rewarding. And I think as my kids get older, I'm trying to be that type of parent now. And maybe, maybe less so for Hayden because she's still young. She's still of course. You know, just, go, just, just graduating from grade eight in a couple of weeks. So, you know. Well, it'd be, that's a good point. We want we want to give them enough where they don't seek it out for themselves, you know, uh, where they're able to get to a place where they can ask for it. Like, okay, I need this, you know. Like, there was one thing I, I, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording. And my eleven year old, you know, asked me, you know, for Friday from four to four to eleven p.m. You know, just I need one on one time because we're gonna veg out. We're gonna we're just gonna watch Stranger Things, the new season. We're just gonna watch them back to back. And I need a, I need a thin crust pepperoni pizza with chicken wings. And that's just what. It, but I love the fact that she's able to, you know, to identify what she needs at that 
at that moment. Um, but we were talking about this because I think this is kind of the correlation because you had mentioned a little bit earlier that you're that type of individual that um, that doesn't necessarily need that that group. Like you, you, you were a competitive person. I'm a competitive person, and you know, and I and I hate to say it, but we kind of have a society right now of of people that just were raised on participation awards, and we've lost that competitive spirit. And I think that for you and for myself, I think that competitive spirit is what is what's helped us a lot in business, but I think even more so in our parenting efforts. But I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on it. As a, how do we continue to breathe this competitive spirit? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a bit of, of nature and nurture, right? I'm I'm a big believer in more nature than nurture. I think if mm-hmm. you do that well, you can have better kids or more successful kids. I know I got my kids into competitive sports early on. Um, they're individual sports like skiing, ski racing is a sport that both my, both my daughters really uh, love and thrive at. And fortunately for me, I love the sport too, and I ski race too. So it's, it's kind of a nice thing we can all do together as a family. Um, but you know what? Getting them into competitive sports and getting them to learn the lesson early on that they're going to lose, that they're going to yes. fall, that they're going to fail. And that's okay. It's absolutely cool because everybody fails, right? It's just a matter of, as you said earlier, picking yourself up and and uh, dusting yourself off and going back to it. And if I, my only problem with it is if you fail and you fail and you fail and you don't learn something from it, then there's a problem. You got to learn from your mistakes, right? And then we all make them. We've all made them in our lives, and we'll continue to make them. And it's what makes us stronger. It makes us human. Well, and it, it's what makes us better competitors, right? You know, I was like. I was teaching my uh, son. This was a few years back. I was teaching my son to play checkers. Now, by the way, today he's a very competitive checker player. Um, you know, my dad will sit down and go, how did, how did yeah. I just lose that? Um, you know, and but I remember when I first started playing with him, um, I wouldn't let him win. And my wife was getting a little upset with me about this. We actually had a small little argument about it, right? And I was yeah. just like, you just got to let him win. He just needs to know what it feels like. And, and this is when I started telling him, I said, you know, and we went through probably about, you know, 30 or 40 different, you know, losses. And he got mad. He was like, he threw the checkers. I'm done. I'm never going to place it again. You know, and I was like, okay, and this is, I mean, you know, so I went and had that talk with him. I'm like, look, son, you didn't, you didn't lose. What you did is you found 30 or 40 ways not to win. Hmm. All right. So now we just got to go back and find a way to win. And once he stopped, once he it just for him, that was the way that he kind of needed to be able to see that this wasn't a loss. This was just ways not to win. And when once he found ways to win, oh, he was <laughs> he wanted to challenge every kid in the neighborhood, every adult in the neighborhood to a game of checkers. It's funny. I have a, kind of the reverse story that I talked to you about earlier, yeah. too. It was kind of like my daughter when she was in U12 ski racing. She was on the podium every week, which is really tough. I mean, there's a lot of, that there's 80, 100 kids in a race, right? Mm-hmm. This, this kid was getting on the podium each and every week throughout that whole year. So at the end of the year, she said, she thought she was hot shit. She thought she was the the next <laughs> Mikhail Schiffer, right? So then she goes into the next year, which is a, a very competitive division called O-Cup, where it's uh, kind of the best, the best in Ontario from the escarpment and you know now she wasn't getting on the podium every week right she's getting maybe Mm -hmm. top 20 top 30 and she's like what happened i'm like i don't understand i said well honey i i i thought i prepped you for this i told you going in it's going to be a a rough road because you're now going and competing against with some of the best kids that have the most advanced training and and that sort of thing so that was kind of the the reverse lesson right is is teaching how to accept losing 
um, and maybe not winning as often. But, but that's also another really good one, right? Like, I mean, I, it's one I'm actually working on right now um, with my daughter. Um, you know, for, I, I think for probably, if you're similar to me, again, the way we, we grew up is that we were given humble pie. <laughs> you know, we were told to go eat it. You know, like you're going to eat some humble pie today. That's what's going to happen. Right. And that doesn't really happen naturally anymore. You know, um, so it's like so now we almost have to kind of teach them what that tastes like. Uh, you know, like yeah. well, let me teach you what humble pie tastes like, you know, and and how you can learn from, you know, every win and loss or especially from your wins, right? Like, how can I be humble to understand, you know, what I can do better? Not focus necessarily on the results, but on the efforts I put into it. Right. And, and if, if you do it right, it's a coaching opportunity to say, these are the things that I can work on with you and you can develop and help get into a winning place, right? And, and you know, sales is, sales is a cutthroat same. game. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've been in sales most of my career. I would say probably 80% of it I'm in sales or sales leadership. And every day you're competing every day. You're trying to win business and every day you're going to take some wins and some losses. And I mean, we, as a company in the last few months have had a a rough go with, you know, the challenge of dealers not shooting inventory as an example. Yeah. At the same time, if you have enough, I always refer to the pipeline. If you have enough business in the pipeline, have enough things you're focusing on. If you look at it from a parenting perspective, Mm -hmm. um, you're eventually going to get some wins. And we, you know, we've got, I mean, nine OEM certifications now. We had we had none three years ago. Yeah. So these are these are examples of where, if you focus on the things that you need to do every day, and and prioritize those, you you are eventually going to achieve achieve success. I love the fact that you brought up the competitive uh, spirit within business because it's needed. I mean, hell, it's actually required. I 100%. mean, you, when you you interview people, I interview people. I'm looking for it. And I just think it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I think it's a little crazy that we're not fostering this competitive spirit in our kids. But then once they become adults, the world expects them to be competitive. And no one ever taught them how to do it. And I think you're letting your kids down (laughs) if you're not setting them up for that expectation. Because the reality is, as as you know, as soon as those kids walk out of the last days of school, and they walk into the real world, the real world is a very difficult place, really tough place, really demanding place. And if you've been coddled, which unfortunately a lot of children are today, um, and not uh, have not set the expectation with them that they're going to face, uh, you know, adversity and, and challenges, uh, man, you're, you're not doing yourself any, parent, any favor as a parent. I'll tell you that. You're certainly not doing your kids any, any favor either. Well, and, and then I want to take it kind of one step farther. I actually find myself to be a competitive parent within myself. And I want to make that really kind of clear, right? Because I think sometimes we, as, as parents, we're influenced by what we see out there as quote unquote great parenting. I mean, like, look, social media is the worst for this, right? You can go on there and you can find, you know, 52 parents that look like they're got their crap together they're getting up in the mornings they're they're running successful business you know they're running successful families right and we and and for some reason we kind of get we, we get competitive to these people that just really probably not real i mean look i i shoot yeah. i shoot video all the time okay i can tell you right now i tell everybody like you you, you must be shooting video all the time i'm like you're seeing like a 
a six-hour period of my entire week, and that is it. That is literally all you're seeing. You're not even seeing just it's it's just the tip of the iceberg. And I would love to kind of get your thoughts on you know how as parents we stay competitive with ourselves, but don't become judgmental to the point where we stop just because we've made a few mistakes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just look at it through the lens of if I do a good job, if I keep the principles in place that I want to have for my, for my children, I know the outcome is going to be there. I know it. Mm, okay, it I like like anything in life, if you set goals, if you, if you work hard, you can accomplish amazing things. Um, so that's kind of how I look at it. But I'll tell you, one of the other things that I find that I've learned as a parent, and maybe this is helpful for some people out there, is if you have multiple children, I have two, uh, I like to divide and conquer. I like to take mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and I'll have like a weekend with one. I like that. And and I think that affords me an opportunity to really understand each of them in their own ways and what makes them tick and what makes them kind of survive and thrive. So I, I like to do that. And it's something I would encourage certainly other parents to consider if, if, if it's available to them. Right. Well, you know, what I was thinking as you're saying that is um, I, I have to, I have to look at this kind of as a marathon. It's very similar to the way we talk about business. We talk about, you know, business as marathons a lot too, right? Like, you know, in, in, in being an entrepreneur is a successful entrepreneur is finding a pace, all right, that you can actually successfully execute on a very regular basis. But, you know, you can't compare your pace to everybody else's pace. It's your pace. You're being competitive with, with yourself. And I find parenting is kind of the same way. Like, you know, um, just because uh, you know my pace is this and your pace is that doesn't make a difference, right? We're still all running the exact same marathon. The key is that we're pushing ourselves to find that pace that we comfortable with and just kind of put to be un, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I think is the key. Yeah, I, I think the analogy of a, of a marathon is a good one because it, it it is a long investment with your children in terms of getting them to the stage that they're ready to to leave the nest. And I I honestly believe that you know, as a parent, your, your priority should be to set them up for success, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if there's things that they need to learn how to do, let's say they learn, need to learn how to cook, right? Or they need to yeah. learn how to do their own laundry, or they need to, how to clean the house. These are all things that if you don't teach them to do before they leave, they're not going to come out of the nest properly. They're not ready to launch, if you know what I mean. So those are kind of the things that I think if, if we as parents do, because I think a lot of parents just coddle their kids and kind of let them do whatever they want to do. Because then, then when they do leave the nest, they're not ready. And I think, unfortunately, what happens is a lot of them come back because of that. And I don't know about you, but when I, when my kids are ready to leave, I want them to be gone. I want them to be ready to be gone um, and to be else. Right? <laughs> well, I was 18. I got a suitcase and $500 and a note that says it's time to leave. Um, it was $500. Well, $500 was enough to put my first month down on a, on an apartment. And, and that was, that was the expectation. But I, I, that's, that may sound bad to a lot of people that might go like your parents kicked you out of the house. They did, but there was a lot of preparation that, that went into that. I mean, my, my, my parents did a great job of, you know, helping me be comfortable with, with uncomfortable things. You know, and I think that was the primary reason that was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm out. I'm getting my first apartment. Had had a orange and green shag carpet. There were mirrors very awkwardly mounted on the ceiling in one of the bedrooms. Um, it was like, 
Is that where your love for orange started off? I don't know. It may have been. It may have been. <laughs> hey, Randy, I know we've gotten towards the tail end of our conversation, but I mean, yeah. to sum it all up, this is what we're look. It's it, it's being it's it's development, it's training, it's coaching, it's fostering that competitive you know spirit, balancing out you know being a parent and a friend. You know, and, and treating our kids as the number one client. I mean, you, you take on a lot of this. This, this seems like a great um, recipe for success. Anything else you'd like to add before we kind of finish it off today? You know, I, I look at uh, people's tagline that they put on LinkedIn, right, to describe <laughs> themselves in the role. You know, I, I have leader, coach, and father as my top three. Mm-hmm. And I look at those and I have to, have to, you know, these are the top three things that I, I need to do. And uh, again, if you focus on having principles that guide you towards the end goal, just like whether that's in business or as a parent, um, you'll get there. If, if you don't, if you don't have a plan, you can't work the plan. A hundred percent, man. You, you, you look, you're never going to run a successful business without a plan. I don't think you'll ever be able to successfully parent uh, without a plan. It's funny, you know, we, we, we think this side's very obvious. Well, of course, you must have a business plan to run a business. It's it's just obvious. <laughs> hey, yeah. for everyone out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to maybe connect with you and just kind of follow along with your professional journey as well, what what's the best way to do so? Sure. Um, they can reach out to me via email at rprice at carmedia2p0.com or uh, give me a ring on my cell, 905-467-1995. Thanks, Jason. Awesome. Hey, Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. I just, man, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Just, just being open, just authentic, you know, and just, it's just being, a, it was a real, real conversation. I really, th- I really appreciate that, man. Thanks. I, I always, en- I always enjoy these conversations with you, Jason. I look forward to talking <laughs> to you again soon. Thanks, Randy. Thanks. You have a good one. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business of Parenting podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.